With this video, you'll get a chance to hear quite a variety of people, uh, all, of, all of whom are members, at least, of churches, some of whom are leaders in churches, uh, and they'll share, again, more broadly on this topic of evangelism. So, Jesus told his followers to go into every part of the world and make disciples, he was given a command that is still in force 2,000 years later. As modern-day followers of Jesus, you and I are responsible for presenting the good news about him to our world. Yet, the task of witnessing effectively is not an easy one. What's the best way of communicating the eternal truth of God's love and grace to a generation that has turned its back on him. That's the challenge before us. It was with this challenge in mind that effective witness was chosen as one of the main themes for the special Get a Life Assembly in Coleraine. Those who were at Coleraine used the video material you are about to see in a seminar designed to promote discussion on our church's approach to evangelism. I hope that you too find it thought-provoking and helpful. So Rodney, you did a fair job on that worship report. Well, I tried my best. But I'm frankly very concerned. Uh, about what? According to these expenses claims, you went to one Papa Joe's roadside transport eating emporium. Itty pence, Rodney. Itty pence. Aye. Uh, one budget burger made from kangaroo hide and, and reconstituted soya. Peculiar taste, but quite nourishing. I just cycled the whole way from looking and needed a bite. You're not paid to live the high life whilst out in the road. You're meant to be a hungry young religious affairs reporter, not some glutton of a restaurant critic. Say it doesn't happen again. And allow your claim just this once. Bring your own cream crackers in future. Now, redeem yourself by going out and getting some views on evangelism. Do a vox pop and a follow-up with some in-depth interviews with some people who do evangelism. It's not easy to share your faith, especially with your friends and family. I don't believe in ramming my faith down people's throats, but I do feel it is very important to tell others of my faith in the Lord Jesus. In the Acts, it tells us to be witnesses here, there, and everywhere. And I really do think the best place to start witnessing is in your own home. I think that telling people about Jesus is one of the most important things you can do. I think it's great to share your experiences of God with other people. I find it a real encouragement. I think it's very important to tell other people about Jesus, but it's not easy to do at all really, so it's, I find it quite difficult. In my opinion, I think that if you're going to tell other people about Jesus, 
firstly you have to be a Christian and also you have to show Jesus at work in your life well boss what about that that's very good Rodney but but we need something more leave it with me In many churches 20 or 25 years ago, evangelism was seen as the minister's job. In Highkirk, however, a small group was engaged with some success in evangelism explosion. The challenge facing us was to convince the congregation that the task of sharing Christ was the responsibility of all the people of God. We set out to discover and then to encourage those who were specially gifted in sharing their faith and to create opportunities for them to use this gift. Presbyterians have been in Carlo since the late 1600s. However, 12 or 15 years ago, the decline in numbers attending the local church was such that there was only one service each month. It was held in the afternoon, attended by four or five people. That was a considerable challenge. Today, it's a real joy and privilege to have an average of 80 people attending Sunday worship each week. Sometimes people ask us, uh, what are some of the important things that we've learned in Adelaide Road over the last few years? I would say that there were two vital lessons and one that flows from it. The first important lesson is that it is, it is vital for us to go to the community rather than expecting people to come to us. There's a, a lot of cynicism uh, around at the moment about the church and about every other uh, institution. But we believe that the church has good news for the world. But the church has to be good news before people can actually hear the good news that we ourselves have come to know about the Lord Jesus. So that really means the church needs to find out how we can make connections with people who have no connections with us. A lot of people think that evangelism is done up here in the pulpit by the minister on Sundays. And true, we have seen a number of people become Christians through preaching. In fact, recently we took part in a radio broadcast service and we know of at least two people who became Christians that day. This was a great encouragement and it sounds good until you realize that that's two people out of 40,000 listeners. We have used many methods in an attempt to reach the uncommitted for Christ, including a highly successful semi-traditional mission, person-to-person, -person, small group, and visitation evangelism. None, however, has been as successful as the Alpha course through which hundreds of our members have passed Dozens of people have either come to know Christ or have recommitted their lives to him. Significantly, many of our Christian people who have been involved in leadership roles in Alpha have become increasingly confident in sharing their faith. For us in Carlo, the big challenge has been to effectively touch the community of which we're a part and in which we're placed. We want to touch it as good news people. I like to think about this in terms of what we are and what we do as Christians. We are people who have been touched by the grace of God. We are different and we are called to reflect that difference in our lives. In our case, in the city centre in Dublin, we actually asked the people within the community if there was a church, what would it look like? And what sort of things would it provide? There were two very clear answers that came back. Um, a church that was caring would provide for um, something for, for parents, uh, a childcare provision, 
uh, young mums with, with uh, children. And a church would also provide some sort of care for people who were unemployed. As a congregation, we had to respond to that. And so we set up a parents and toddlers group, and out of that, some years later, there's a full-time childcare provision uh, which operates every day of the, of the week. It actually has five full-time staff and caters for 31 children on a five-day basis um, from 8 o'clock in the morning until 6 in the evening. The other uh, aspect is a resource centre for people who are unemployed, and that also helps people who are learning English as a foreign language, learning to type, learning to uh, learn computer skills so that they can adapt to society and get employment and get dignity for themselves. Again, it's a government-backed scheme, and so we're able to uh, employ uh, 31 people on a sessional basis and cater for about 2,000 people who come in for help uh, in any given year. As they come into the church, they not only see here is a church that's speaking about Jesus, but here is a church that's actually prepared to love them and provide for them in ways that they need. I suppose this is all about friendship evangelism, and this has been a significant feature of how we respond to the challenge. We spend time encouraging and equipping our members to be salt and light within the community. What we are is so very important. Of course, we're far from perfect, but we are called to reflect in our lives the difference that Jesus makes in our homes and our places of work and leisure, our streets and our local communities. Our biggest challenge in evangelism has been twofold. To bring evangelism from the pulpit to the pew and to make evangelism the central activity of church instead of a mission every couple of years. As regards what we do, if I was to mention Children's Bible Club, Teenage Youth Club or Christianity Explored course, Sunday evening events with a difference, that would reflect some of the things we do in order to draw others in. We encourage our members not to withdraw into a Christian subculture, but to be involved in the clubs and societies and groups within our community. Having said this, the person-to-person contact still remains the most effective way of influencing others for Jesus. So the first thing is to go to the community so that people actually feel comfortable coming into the church. Now, If that's the first lesson, the second one is linked to that, that we ourselves must then be prepared to use our buildings seven days a week rather than one day only. I think you'll agree there's nothing more unattractive than a church building with closed doors and iron railings, which is effectively just saying, stay out. But the church is an institution that is for the benefit of its non-members. And... uh, Uh, That may mean that we would have to be prepared to adapt our buildings so that they can be useful for people coming in uh, throughout the week rather than just on Sundays only. Now, if we're prepared to do both of those things, go to the community rather than expecting people to come with us, and prepare to use the building seven whole days, not just one in seven, then it is also vital that we reprioritize evangelism as a core activity rather than an occasional one. I think the most significant change in our perspective on evangelism came through a training course called Clearing Our Vision. For this course, we had to survey the local community to discover its needs, as well as to ask a difficult question. What did the community think of Seskinor Presbyterian Church? Out of this experience, we developed a vision of church life, which would involve us reaching out into the community Monday to Saturday, as well as on Sundays. We we have tried everything from computer classes for parents after they leave their children to school, to Pilates, and also a men's group. 
Not everything we have tried has worked every time, but we have learned that you have to try. The obligation on our Christian folk is to join the different classes, groups and clubs, and to be salt and light there. And we have provided the training in personal evangelism. Here's what my clerk of session, James Patterson, has to say. I cannot think of a time in the village when there has been a greater openness to spiritual things than now. I believe that clearing our vision and the Alpha Course have contributed much to this. Various things have brought reality into people's lives. Group discussion and homework in the midweek Bible class, openness in prayer triplets, and taking part in worship. Playing together and worshipping together brings a closeness of spirit. I think, sadly, the, the days of evangelistic campaigns where we expect people to come to us, I, I think they're all but over. The form of communication that, that best relates to people today is relational. So, for example, something like the Alpha Course or something like uh, Christianity Explained or Explored, where you start off with a meal where friends bring the people they've been talking with, they sit down, they have something to eat with them, there's a presentation about the Gospel, then there's opportunity to discuss and interact these things work very well because, um, because they're relational. Now, in our own situation, what we find is that it's vital to have that on an on a ongoing basis. If evangelism is to be making connection with people, it needs to be on offer all the time rather than simply once a year. And that's why in our own situation, for example, as soon as one Alpha course finishes, we advertise the next one to take place so that um, there's a constant... Uh, flow of people coming in and hearing the good news of Jesus. And there's something for us to offer to people as they come in and as they inquire about the Christian message. We have learned that if anything significant and lasting is to take place, then it has to be bathed in prayer. We are very fortunate in that we have many faithful people in the congregation who pray non-stop for the work. Without their prayers, we would not achieve anything. A big lesson for me as a new minister in my first charge was that you can do just as much in a small church for God as you can in a larger congregation. But, but it comes through prayer, training, a shared vision, and a good measure of risk-taking. Probably be better, folks, to be back in the center here just a bit. It'll... Okay, if we could have the representatives of the groups who, either the person who took the notes or somebody who'd be willing to speak and share some ideas with the rest of us, somebody from each group up to the front, please. They're all, all we're back to all men. I didn't stipulate like I did last week. We had two women up here last week. It was great. Or was it three? I, I can't remember. Two. Okay. I'm trying to think what way we'll do this. If we start with question one, start with Chris. Don't, don't share any ideas that have already been shared. Okay, so it'll, Ricky, you mightn't have much left by the time it... Um, we'll see. We'll see how innovative your group were. Chris, uh, remind me of what that first question was. This is the... What are the positive ways in which the church already... Uh, shares the good news of Jesus. 
Okay, there was, there was several things we thought at a practical level um, that we we're already doing, such as the mother and toddlers groups uh, and other groups that are around. Um, we thought that our outreach to the local community should be sort of, uh, twofold. First of all, it, uh, it, it should be verbal, of course, but it should also be about service uh, and doing something practical for the community. Um, and we, we also thought a practical and positive way we should try and make the church building attractive as well. Okay. okay um, well, we're trying to look at the ways in which the, event, the church is actually you know, being positive in evangelism. And we looked at the Oak Partnership Project that involved men of the church, you know, in some sort of community evangelism through the Oak Partnership. Um, there's also the Sunday service, you know, when people have to attend the Sunday service and, you know, get messages that will challenge them, actually prepares them for this evangelism as well. That the other organ organizations that are found in the church, um, just like Chris mentioned, mothers and toddlers, as well as others, there are also, you know, um, places where some other people come into the church who are not normally members of the church and, you know, they can also listen to the gospel as well. We talked about Chris, junior Christian endeavor, and uh, I think that's basically what we had there. Um, as well as listing all the, the, the different sort of activities that, that Chris and Julius have mentioned, uh, we thought that one of the most important ways that we can be uh, a witness of the good news is simply by the atmosphere that's created when you come in the door here. Uh, and uh, some people spoke about just the very welcoming atmosphere and the very genuine interest that uh, people who have been about here for a while showing you, and that that's a very important witness to, to people who come in. And also in the, the sincerity of what's done, the preaching, the worship, and people who take part, they genuinely have an interest uh, in you, and that, that comes across very clearly. Uh, probably the only other thing I have on the list would be, um, in terms of an external witness, is the return of young people to the church. Uh, people from outside actually seeing a number of uh, people my age, coming, not your age, Phil, coming back to the church, and that, that sends out the positive, positive signals. Um, the other points we had were similar to what's already been mentioned, uh, being feel, made to feel welcome, uh, and a church where there's good intergenerational relationships. Great. There were things there that I certainly wouldn't have thought of, but I think they're, they're absolutely, absolutely true. What are the main challenges that, that lie ahead of us if we're to be effective in witnessing for Christ in this community? What kind of things did your group come up with there, Ricky? We'll let you start this time. Again, just about four points. Uh, first one was maintaining the drive and maintaining the impetus that there is in the church currently. Uh, as, as the church grows and expands, there's a danger that uh, that could reduce or diminish uh, because there's maybe a, feel, uh, a feeling that there's less need for it. And linked with that would be the continuation of prayer support. It's easy when a church is small to pray, uh, pray hard for it because there's a feel there's a genuine need. As a church grows and the numbers grow, then there's a danger again that that prayer support uh, may reduce or diminish. Um, Again, these are all sort of interconnected, but maintaining the intergenerational relationships uh, as a church grows. When it's small, it's very easy to, uh, to bridge generational gaps. 
and to be made to feel very welcome in a big church that that's a lot more difficult uh, on a, a lot of different levels uh, the other challenge then is to pray that we are actually enabled to um, to be an effective witness uh, and sometimes we can talk about things and we can discuss things but we actually need to pray that God and the Holy Spirit will actually empower us so that we are given the abilities that we need uh, and are, we are equipped to actually go out and be an effective witness. Um, when we looked at, at a challenge, we, we thought of the idea of, of a, a change in approach that's come across in a lot of what Christoph has said in recent weeks and what came across in the video tonight, that our evangelism may from now on need to be done out there rather than in here. And th that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge particularly when uh, we're going to have to engage with people on a relationship, on a one-to-one -one basis. Traditionally, we may be expected people to come in here and we don't need particularly to engage with them. They can just listen to what comes at them. And that's going to be a different mindset and demand probably much more of us as, as individuals. So we thought that was a challenge. Well, there has been, uh, you know, the church has been seen as uh, irrelevant, you know, by the society in that you look at how the system is and you have uh, some shops open on, on Sundays and you know, prevents people from really having the desire to come to church on Sundays. So we um, also have long and busy working week here in maybe Northern Ireland, I don't know. So that is also a challenge. And if the church has to be effective in evangelism, also has to consider, you know, this aspect. As well as um, many people have been thinking that the church is mostly for older people. So to be effective in evangelism, how could you know, the church be able to look at this aspect of uh, the mentality of the people and you know, try to work out uh, an effective strategy for evangelism. Okay, thanks. Just to, as well as what Julius has said there, uh, we thought that we would need to have or get a, a good knowledge of the local community. We thought about how that might be done. Uh, and one of the ways that we thought about uh, doing that would be to actually ask people in the immediate Ballyhackmore area what it is that they actually want? What, what, what would they see as, as uh, perhaps the role of, of our church in this area? Um, and uh, perhaps we could be involved in local, appropriately, in local organizations, even it's in, in some kind of representative way. I don't mean any political way, but some representative way. Sorry, Chris, hope that didn't look as if I was, I, was, uh, I thought you were, you were finishing up there. Very quickly, any new ways in which we could be good news to the local community. Don't explain your ideas. Just tell us them, okay? And give us as long a list as you want. This, this is not the time to be thinking about whether it can be done or can't be done. Just ideas to, to begin to broaden horizons a wee bit um, and, and inspire us for all the things that, that we could be involved in. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, a drop-in center, perhaps, for the, the church two days, uh, two days a week, um, that we could show the church buildings are being used to, uh, to uh, help the community, and also possibly even have something like a new homes pack uh, for people moving into the area. Just a few possibilities. Well, the church should um, also be open for people in the community to come for advice, as well as... Um, there should be opportunities for people to acquire skills, maybe computer training and some other things. 
Um, we thought there was a, an overarching need to, to rebuild a sense of community and have the church very much at the heart of that community. And some of the things that people come up with, maybe some work the church could do in improving the physical environment around Ballyhackamore, some work with some of the ethnic communities about, work with older people, work with families, with single parents, and just generally to try and build up a sense of, of community. Uh, nothing really much to add to all that. Um, the drop-in centre linked with that maybe a, a youth club at the weekend or some sort of night or evening activity for the kids at the right side. Uh, a new one, historical films and talks about local history uh, in Ballyhackamore, could be new to a lot of people. Uh, Girls and Boys Brigade, perhaps. Football. Chris, maybe you want to talk about that. Our group didn't get as far as the last question. I never quite understand the difference between some of these questions as the weeks have gone on. Um, are there practical changes that would enable our congregation to be a more effective witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm not sure what they mean. Uh, on top of all the things that we've already talked about and already said. Um, well, if you are, Elizabeth, so am I. So we'll, we'll be together in that. But I, I certainly don't, don't know. Um, these are not my questions. PCI, from the great and the good, have passed these down. Um, anybody dying? To, maybe somebody has a blinding answer to the last question there over and above what we've already said. Anybody have a? The, the locked doors, did, did you hear them describe our church on the video? Closed doors, iron railings, that was us. There is an issue there and it's not, here's not the time to, to get into the, the whys and wherefores, but, but those are real issues. We, we have a lot here to think about. I think Please don't leave here this evening. Thanks, gentlemen, for, for feeding back. Can I have those four sheets? If you leave them lying here, because I want to keep a, a record of, of the kind of things the groups have said. Um, I think there's a lot here for us to think about. Of the three nights, I would imagine tonight was probably the one where we felt most exposed in terms of where, we're, where we are and, and where we maybe need to go. I don't think we should, should worry about that. These nights are about raising awareness, recognizing the, the call of God on us, and, and then beginning to take the steps that we need to obey and, and to follow Him. Um, somebody said something there that I thought was very interesting. I think it was Ricky who was making the point. We're at a very interesting stage as a congregation already, much quicker than I thought we would be. Our numbers have grown to a point where we are now viable in the future. We don't need to worry about our future the way we did a year and a half ago. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to sit back, take our feet off the pedal and say, we aren't going to be the Presbyterian church that closes down, somebody else will be. Are, are we going to be content with that? Or are we going to push on in these areas because we, we believe that the, the call of God is on us? You know, people outside of the church building need to hear about Jesus Christ every bit as much as they do, whether this building's full or not. You know, that, that's a side issue in this. The call of God on us is to, to reach anyone and everyone, 
with the gospel. So I'm, I'm so glad that that, that, that was raised. I, I, think, I think we need to get that out into the open. If that mindset even begins to rear its head among us, we need to, to cut it off, cut it off as soon as we see it. We're not about having Kirkpatrick a certain size. We're about being obedient to the call of God on us as a church. And whatever size Kirkpatrick ends up being, we trust God with that. Um, thanks very much for participating so well in these the, the last three weeks. I think it's been a, a very interesting uh, exercise for us and a, actually a lovely step forward because I, I'm sure some of us maybe haven't had the chance to do this before in this sort of a context, so I think it's been a lovely thing to do, um, very beneficial. I, I'm grateful to the folks in PCI who've provided us with these materials. Uh, let me just pray for you as, as we go. Father God, we thank you that everything that we have talked about here, not just tonight, but these last four Sunday nights, as we've thought about your church and your purposes for it, we thank you that all of this is yours. Lord, you will build your church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Lord, take away any paranoia or fear that we might have, any sense of insecurity, and help us instead to, to grow as a congregation of people who trust you, who believe that you are already doing wonderful things among us, who are hungry and looking for those things that you now want to do among us. Lord, we, we want to worship you because we love you and you mean so much to us because of all that you've given us. Lord, we want to have fellowship with one another because we believe that that's what you've made us for, fellowship with you and with each other. And Lord, we want to share that with those who don't yet know this. Lord, it breaks our hearts that people are sitting in their homes tonight and they don't know you. They haven't experienced this wonderful, loving God. Lord, we pray that you would use us to reach them. Amen.